This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 5th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Tim O'Malley. that covers the Notre Dame Fighting Irish for Irish Illustrated, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You might remember him. We spoke to Tim a few months ago when Notre Dame became, for one year at least, a full-time member of the ACC because of the coronavirus-altered football schedule. Uh, Tim, before I ask you about this being a measuring stick game, and by this I mean Notre Dame versus Clemson this weekend, I, I do want to ask, how are the Fighting Irish faithful enjoying their time in the ACC? Yeah, they'll probably have a different opinion uh, after the Clemson game is over. <laughs> it's been, you know, the strange thing is the they didn't get Miami on the schedule and they didn't get Virginia Tech, uh, and they proved to be two of the better teams. So that was a break. But I think the other thing about the schedule people have to remember is Louisville really trended down, and Boston College and North Carolina are probably the best teams on their schedule other than Clemson, and they just just haven't played them yet. So if Notre Dame had played Boston College and won or North Carolina and won, I don't think they'd feel as bad about the strength of schedule. Now, this is probably your strength of schedule doesn't matter because to get to the playoffs if you're Notre Dame, you get to play Clemson twice and nobody cares what else happens if you beat whoever else you beat. If you beat Clemson twice or split with Clemson to get in as a number four, um, it won't matter as much. But I do think Notre Dame fans are uh, probably want to get back to Wisconsin and Lambeau Field, USC at the end of the year, stuff like that. And um they may be careful what you wish for, because pretty soon there's trips to uh, Ohio State and Clemson on the same schedule, and Alabama comes into play as well. So Ooh. that national schedule is going to get a little different in a few years. That'll be fun down the road. Why do you think Brian Kelly is being, I saw one headline describe him as defiant ahead of this weekend's game when asked about maybe the 2018 playoff bout versus the Tigers or asked about this being a measuring stick game? Why, why do you think he's bristling at that? You know, I don't think it was as much the 2018 game as kind of as a whole. It, it it was an odd press conference, and I did take it a little differently than everybody else at Irish Illustrated and at The Athletic and Blue and Gold and some people I've talked to. Um, the f- second question was, hey, each of the last three years, you've had a stinker. <laughs> that stopped you from winning a national title. What's the problem? The next one was, is this a measuring stick for you? The next one was, are you at Clemson's level yet? The next one was, do you have to win this game to cement your legacy? And I think after a while, he was pretty sick of it because, as he's pointed out, you know, they are 39 and six in the last three years. They are 20 and 22 and three or 29 and three in their last 32 games. It's one of those, one of those times where I think he probably should have been better prepared for the tone of the hmm. questions that were coming his way and he didn't handle it well. 
Um, I get his point. Like, I don't want to sit here and explain our place in college football. I mean, he gains nothing by saying Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State are better than us, but we're as good as anybody else. That doesn't that doesn't ring true either. <laughs> I mean, I could say it to you, you could say it to me, but yet the head coach of Notre Dame can't say it, right? Right. Right. So I, I think that I I do think it's a little overblown. Um, I, I know that others at Irish Illustrated, and this does make sense to me, have noticed that Kelly will tend to downplay the big regular season game. And this time he did it by saying, you know, Boston College is just as important next week. Well, it is, but not this week. Like this is the game. You know, you've you've admitted that you've been pointing to Clemson since before Pittsburgh two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden you can't backtrack and say, well, we could lose to Boston College. I mean, that's what you say if you beat Clemson. You immediately say, leaving your press conference, Boston College is just as important as Clemson. So I think it's kind of how people want to take things. I think we do overreact to everything coaches say. And Brian Kelly's been around 11 years without a national title, so Notre Dame fans will really overreact to things he says. It's it's hard given Notre Dame's current cl- the where they sit in the current climate of college football where they're at a disadvantage uh, in some ways on the recruiting trail compared to the 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 Alabama's Clemson's Ohio State's that you mentioned those three just kind of gobble everything else up throw Georgia in there too it's right, hard for right. me to imagine that Notre Dame fans could possibly be if they lost this weekend unhappy with the direction of the program under Brian Kelly you might want to say like some might say. Well, this is as good as they'll ever be, but this right. isn't this isn't like the college football of yesteryear. What's what's your gut telling you, Tim, on on this weekend's game as far as a measuring stick? I I was surprised that the line has moved to Clemson by what like a almost a touchdown at as, yeah. it's at a certain point. That was a little bit surprising with the true freshman quarterback DJ Uyangalale, but I think Notre Dame's going to assert itself pretty well. And barring a blowout, which you mentioned, hey, like the when they lose those games, they're stinkers. Michigan yeah. was a blowout last year. Clemson a few years ago. Like barring a blowout, I I can't see anyone making a mockery of the Irish after Saturday. No, they shouldn't. Um, I will say that without Trevor Lawrence and Uyunga Gale is going to be a great player, and he's already really, really, really good, and he might be the best quarterback in the game. But if you you're not going to beat him with Trevor Lawrence in a month, if you don't if you can't beat him right now at home, uh, so. Notre Dame kind of needs this win, in my opinion, without Lawrence there, whereas they could have lost 31 to 30, 31 to 24 with Lawrence, if you could somehow clip them in, in Charlotte, of course. Uh, it sets up well for Notre Dame. Um, you mentioned Michigan, you mentioned Clemson. I think Notre Dame fans can understand Clemson in 2018 was one of the best teams of the modern era in that they hammered Alabama the next game. They're 15 and 0. Right. Great point. Um, they were a great team. Michigan last year is an inexcusable 31 point loss to a peer team that looked like junk for most of the year. <laughs> now, I, I, they did get it going right before that game. They beat Penn State and they played much better than Notre Dame. But Notre Dame laid such an egg in that game. And two years ago, and this really lingers, when Notre Dame started getting good again in 2017, remember mid November, they had just hammered number 15 and number 12, and they go to Miami, ranked number three. Undefeated Miami and one lost Notre Dame. Notre Dame is in the playoffs at this point if it wins out, and Miami destroyed them as well. So that is what bothers Notre Dame fans, that type of stinker. Um, if you really want to split hairs and say that Clemson shouldn't kill Notre Dame 30-3, to have at it. I mean, you, you never should have predicted Notre Dame to win that game. <laughs> that's that's one way of looking at it as well. But I do get the, the angst with those games. Um, if Notre Dame plays a stinker, people are going to be going crazy. That you At home, in this situation, you just can't do that. Um, if they lose the game, if they lose a competitive game, you know, People should by Monday understand that that's how sports goes. Clemson's the 
best or second best program in the last six years. So Notre Dame is probably the eighth of the last six years and the fifth of the last three years, right? So you yep. got to kind of, I, I think a little bit measurement, a little measured words when when the game ends on Sunday if you lose. But I I do believe that Notre Dame has to get this game. So I am not going to hold Notre Dame fans to task too much for um, for being upset if they don't pull this one out with a backup quarterback, no matter how good he is. Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback, and that was supposed to be the challenge. Do you think Clark Lee, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator, is just going to throw everything he has at DJ Uyangalale? I think that it benefits Lee in the defense more that this is actually his second start than it does Uyangagale. Um, The 74 snaps were high leverage snaps against Boston College. Clemson could not hide him. They needed him to do everything he could do, you know, um, in previous snaps when he comes in for Trevor Lawrence. But those those don't matter at all. You could just be working on stuff that you worked on in practice. But <laughs> I, I do think Clark Lee, I that's the guy you trust most if you're a Notre Dame fan, is your defensive coordinator. Um, he doesn't have many stinkers. The Michigan game was one. He was not the coordinator against Miami. Uh, that, I, I do like the benefit there for Lee. And look, you can throw anything you want against Trevor Lawrence. He's going to figure it out. Maybe, maybe Uyunga Gale will too. But I think it's advantage Notre Dame that it's his second start. It's also his first road start at Notre Dame with a lot of pressure on him um, going into the game. There was a little bit less pressure going into that Boston College game. I don't think they felt they're going to be in a, in a dogfight the whole time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, can see, I can see a world in which that Notre Dame defense looks as good as it could, in which Kyle Hamilton's everywhere, that Notre Dame pass rush. You wrote about it earlier this week. It's really coming on strong. I can see a world in which that's just too much for a true freshman quarterback and and one of our angles coming out of Saturday night is Clark Lee is, you know, ready for a for a head coaching job at a group of five level. On the other side of the ball, Tim. Yeah, there's been, a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we got to start with Ian Book, and and then I know you're gonna, you know, we got the running game's great, w- w- the offensive line's fantastic. Where are the receivers? Yeah. Uh, I love the tight ends, but it's it's Ian Book, and I just I'm curious watching the Clemson Boston College game. As you did, as I'm, I'm sure you did, Phil, uh, Phil Dracovic, the, the Boston College quarterback, former Notre Dame player, he looks pretty good. Um, yeah, the playmaking uh, ability he, looks he had. pretty good. Yeah, the All playmaking right. ability he had, especially the first half. And his receivers were great in the first half, and his receivers failed him in the second half. And he had one completion in the second half, and that's, that's what it comes down to when you're playing Clemson and Brent Venables. And the issue with Ian Book versus Phil Dracovic is I think Zay Flowers is the best receiver between Notre Dame and Boston College. I think Phil Dracovic is a better playmaking quarterback downfield than Ian Book, which is crazy to me um, after this many years. But I, I think the real problem is that Ian Book could have a good game in that for him is zero interceptions, high completion percentage, couple of good shots down the middle of the field. You know, I don't, I don't mean 40 yard posts. I just mean that catch hit the guy right on the run on square ends. You get 25 yards, but part of his game is escaping the pocket and getting away. And if I've, positive Brent Venables has a plan to not let Ian Book run for more than one important first down in this game because that's what he's been doing. Pittsburgh, for all their talent and all their their plan is so simple to digest if you're Brian Kelly and Ian Book, it's all right, as soon as the pressure comes, I'm taking off and gaining 10 yards or I'm going to hit somebody outside one-on-one. Venables isn't going to be like that. Um, Now, he may not bring the incredible pressure rate Pittsburgh brought, but that incredible pressure rate yielded 45 points for Notre Dame. So when you talk about Clark Lee, you got to remember – this is the only game where you don't favor Clark Lee as the defensive coordinator over the other defensive coordinator. This is this Brent. I mean, Brent Venables clearly has established himself as the best uh, in the biggest games. And 
you want a combination of Ian Book and Phil Dracovic for this game because you've got to be able to attack deep. Uh, unfortunately, Book does not have Dracovic's playmaking skills, and Dracovic does not have Book's normal accuracy, poise, and uh, ability to hit the, the standard everyday throw that kind of the layups that we talked about all the time when Dracovic was here. But to put a bow on Phil Dracovic, I don't, it's not as big of a deal to me that he's not here this year. Next year, Notre Dame would just be rolling in with Phil Dracovic instead of starting over, you know, if possibly with true freshman Tyler Buckner. And that's that's the one that got away. I don't think he would beat out Book. He certainly isn't going to beat out 6-0 in Book, which is what's going on now. But yeah, you let one get away for the next couple of years if you're Notre Dame and the offensive coaching staff. That's a fair point. Ian Book wasn't going to get benched this year anyway. No, that's why Dracovic left. I yeah. mean, he wasn't going to get benched. He wasn't going to play badly enough to get benched, and I get it. Um, Dracovic, I know people inside the program that have left the program say, I am telling you now, he has never, ever, ever looked like that in practice for Dracovic. So it's a, uh, you know, you, I don't, you don't want to run the guy off, um, but maybe if he's unhappy and you're unhappy, you let him go. I think maybe fighting for a guy to stay might have helped a little bit more. How, how bad is the Notre Dame uh, outside receiver situation? Yeah, it's an issue. Uh, the two we thought would be their best, Kevin Austin, who was suspended last year, and Braden Lindsey, who came on last year, the fastest player, are out for the game. Austin's out for the season after rebreaking his foot. Lindsey has concussion and hamstring issues. This is the hamstring keeping him out of this game. He's he's kind of the X factor in that he's a jet sweep guy. Um, he had a you know fifty five yard or fifty two yard jet sweep against USC, running by all their talent. He can get down, but he can get down the field where if you're playing him one on one, book can drop it in there because all you got to do is let it fly. Uh, they really needed him to develop. The one advantage, uh, not advantage, but the one place this doesn't hurt Notre Dame is those two had done absolutely nothing all year anyway. So you're just missing their the-, the theory of those two helping the offense. Um, Javon McKinley's coming on, but the difference between Javon McKinley, who, when he has the ball in his hands, this is why he averages 18 yards a catch, and when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, is so stark. He is to me, the laziest route runner that when he catches the ball turns into a running back downfield. Um, I don't, I don't know how to better involve him than they did against Georgia tech. They were getting him on crossing routes where he does get open and he does run through arm tackle. He's a big, strong kid. I shouldn't say kid. He's a graduate student. Um, but he, they just can't separate downfield and the back shoulder to Javon McKinley is not the same as it was to miles Boykin. And it's nowhere near what it was to chase Claypool, the Uber athlete. Um, it's an issue. And I think Clemson is going to take advantage of it. Now, Ben Skoranek is a Northwestern grad student, came in. He made great plays against Pittsburgh and then disappeared last week. He, I don't know why that is. I thought he was going to start coming on there. Book's going to need two to three third down conversions out of Ben Skoranek, another big guy that doesn't run away from many people, but he's not overly slow, but he's not running away from Clemson. The real key is you just got to involve Michael Mayer and Tommy Tremble, the tight ends, and they got to be able to win, um, which they, I have faith in them winning, but I also have faith in Brent Venables realizing that we don't have to worry about getting beat deep on the outside. So that tightens those windows for the tight ends of the running backs. And you mentioned Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin. It's I almost forget that they were they were Notre Dame guys just last yeah. year for Claypool Boykin two years ago. You put those two on this year's team. Uh, well, different, we're right? looking at a playoff squad. <laughs> well that's the problem is that usually when you say you wouldn't be saying that about Alabama. You just say, oh yeah, you put right. that guy on this team. Well they always have another one. Um, right. Notre Dame needed another one. It was supposed to be Kevin Austin. In fairness, he was a number 80 recruit in the country. Brayden Lindsay was in the 200s, but his, his his speed is top 10 in the country. You just, those are two juniors that you, or think about that, two juniors that gave you nothing that are your top supposed offensive weapons on the perimeter and just gave absolutely nothing this year due, due to injuries. And Austin was suspended last year. Um, that will really hurt. Uh, so you, while you can blame recruiting um, 
in front of them, they had a one receiver class, Michael Young, and he transferred. Uh, he, he wouldn't beat Clemson either. So don't, don't lament Michael Young's loss too much. Um, but they didn't get enough behind the class either. Cam Hart was the one wide receiver taken that would be a sophomore. Now he's moved to backup corner. That's just not enough. Um, they're freshmen, and this is the number one fan lament that I got to tell you is not a story for Clemson week, but, boy, people keep bringing it up. Five-star Jordan Johnson has not really gotten on the field. Three-star sleeper Xavier Watts, who's everybody's favorite, because when you're a three-star sleeper, you're everybody's favorite. Not on the field either, and people just believe that that's the key to the passing game. And I got to tell you, man, if it was the key to the passing game, I think they'd be involved. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying coaches always play the right guys, but I'm telling you there's reasons why they're not playing. and you got to take that. You have to understand that at Notre Dame, there's reasons why Jordan Johnson isn't playing yet. And it's not because he's not going to be a really good receiver someday. So the bottom line is I just named four guys that have really good athleticism that could challenge Clemson and none of them will play in the game. Who? All right. (laughs) That's, that's, well, there are enough pieces for Notre Dame to, to clearly win this game. Last one before I let you go, Tim, have you, have you gotten around to, to thinking about what your pick might be? Do you seems like you have a really great grasp on how this game might shake out. I'm not, if, if you haven't made a pick, I don't want you to give it here. Cause you know, Notre Dame fans, you know, right, I, I don't right. want you to be beholden to it, but without like, uh, without maybe tipping your hand, like what do you, what do you think is going to happen Saturday? Do you think we a, a close game at least? I do think it'll be a close game. I think the game will stay in the high twenties as well. High to mid twenties. Um, and when you think about that, you look at Clemson and they, they don't ever stay <laughs> I'm in the 20s, honestly, but I think this is the best defense with the backup quarterback. If you, if you put those combinations together, really good defense with your backup quarterback and their offensive line, while pass protection is really good for Clemson, if you just look at everything else, the, the running game is not as great. And I sounds ridiculous because Travis Etienne is the best back in the country. But I think he gets those yards because he's Travis Etienne more so than remember when they just used to rotate running backs. They yeah. all averaged seven yards a carry. A hundred percent. It's it's been a struggle. Yeah. It's been a struggle. And I just feel that Notre Dame can limit them a little, and limiting Clemson is in the mid twenties. Limiting Clemson is not what you do when you limit Louisville. You know, so Notre Dame's offensive line at the end of this game, you have to leave the game and say that's the best offensive line in the country. They won the game, and that's why Notre Dame wins the game because the offensive line looks as good against Clemson as it can against. Pittsburgh protecting Ian Book or as it can against Louisville running the ball. And that sounds ridiculous, but their offensive line is a differentiator. Their running backs are good. I mean, they're nowhere near ETN, but nobody is. So I don't think without a great rushing performance, and I don't mean dominant, they're not going to go out there and bulldoze Clemson. But if you're not hitting 180 yards rushing and a couple of touchdowns and no fumbles and more than more than half of your third down conversions that are runnable, I don't think Ian Book gets enough help to beat Clemson. So well, I haven't made a pick yet. I can tell you the one thing that has to happen is that if Notre Dame's offensive line and running game has to be the story of the game, or you are going to have a very frustrating mid twenties Clemson Notre Dame nowhere near that loss, and I, that's when it could get ugly. I can't Notre wait. You got to be able to move the ball. I can't wait to see it. I hope it doesn't get ugly. I want this to be a great prequel to an ACC championship rematch between those two. Tim O'Malley, thank you for joining us. This game is going to be. Really good. Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern on NBC. You can follow Tim O'Malley at Tim O'Malley ND on Twitter. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Tony Levitt. Thank you for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you all Friday. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.